The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Podcast with me, Kalichi Osunwa, right next to me to the right. It is the greatest man, Josh Chiat. We are here doing the full-time whistle here at Inglewood Stadium. Josh, how are you feeling, mate? You feeling good? I'm feeling pretty good. I wasn't feeling so good at halftime in that game, but it exploded into life in the second. I came away particularly happy because I'm pretty sure I also tipped a draw. So my my personal run of very ordinary tipping which is my fault because I tip from the heart and not from the brain uh, and it has been a, an eternal problem my entire life uh, but but maybe I'm turning a corner with this one and maybe some of the teams in the game were uh, turning a bit of a corner as well. Well look we are at the Inglewood versus Sorrento game that game finished of course 1-1 I'll go do a quick roundup with all the games um, Perth Glory Youth finished 5-4 against Coburn. Yeah, those, those games are bonkers. Olympic Kingsway. There was a red card there right? There was well. a red card as oh, well. Also to Glory and they're, they're looking so good for naughty boys. They're looking really good for Naughty Team. Let me finish off all the games first, Josh, and then we can go back and do a little bit more talking. Does that sound okay to you, big fella? We've got Olympic Kings over probably the biggest surprise result of the game of the weekend. Uh, 5-0 winners. We're going to have Sean Fry send us a message from there because he was covering that game. Uh, Of course, us here at Inglewood Stadium, it was 1-1 against Sorrento. Uh, Florida Athena, surprising 3-0 losers uh, at Armadale, at home, sorry, against Armadale, and Balcata going down 3-0 also against Perth Red Star. But yeah, we'll, we'll get on to the other games quickly. I'm sorry, we'll get on to the other games shortly. But what did you make of, of this game? Because you said the first half, not not so much going on. Second half, a lot better. Yeah, I think uh, there, there were two things that came out in the first half. And I think that we sort of saw Inglewood at their worst and Inglewood at their best in the same game. You know, mm-hmm. that, that first mm-hmm. half, they were really inert. They didn't create many chances except for that free kick from uh, Nemantopoulos. Uh, I think I've just butchered his name. but uh, Tumanopoulos. Tumanopoulos uh, off, the, uh, off the underside of the crossbar. I think he's the, the guy that took it. Um, no, and, it was and, a great, was a yeah, great that, free that, kick. That was a really good effort. If that goes in, it's obviously a little bit different. But, yeah, we saw the ball getting out to players, players on the wing. Uh, Renee Cassesa, lots of touches on the ball. Lots of touches. But, beat his man uh, about yeah, 15 you know, million times. Yeah, Did giving, he get a cross in? Uh, giving up when you get to the final pass. You know, that, that was a big problem for them for a lot of the game. Yeah. Seemed to change when Chubb McCullough, who's coming back from injury, came off the bench. He's had a really good start to life since his move from Perth Soccer Club to Inglewood. And, and after he came off the bench, they were very dangerous. The counter-attack started opening up Sorrento. Um got the the goal back after Gustavo Miralanda's opener for Sorrento. They got the goal back through the penalty from Michael Dompfe, but he had two big-time chances two big time to win chances, it. Paddy yeah. Hughes made two good saves in the uh, Sorrento goal. In fact, three big-time chances because he had the, uh, the, the the volley that, that he miskicked as well, that, that he, he caught the air rather than the ball. Uh, and, and you just look at those and you go, you know, what would it have meant for Inglewood season if they, they managed to sneak a winner there? Because on the balance of chances, they were probably the deserved winner. 
but you would also have to say from Sorrento's perspective that they they were so knocked down by injuries yeah. that yeah. Uh, you know this is probably a team that'll improve after after what we've seen today. I think we're watching it in the gantry, and they had two young lads, I think eighteen and seventeen, starting in the team. Um, Zachariah Debs did did himself a lot of favors in what terms of his performance. Well. Uh, t- terrific, terrific performance from him. Um, a young man played on the right and up front as well. But in that first half. Sorrento did have the line share of position. They looked like they bossed the game. They didn't necessarily create a whole lot with that position, but they looked a lot more comfortable. And you can see the ideas that Steve McGarry is trying to implement on this team. Um, but in the second half, I did make this comment, and I don't know if it's too harsh, but it did look like they kind of got worse with every substitution that kind of happens. But I think that's because you do have players coming out of injuries, players coming back. Um, you don't have a full squad right now. Um, Tim Hill was watching the game next to us. Um, so, you know, that's that's the kind yeah, of quality that, yeah, that's, that's the kind of quality that you've got that's missing there that can kind of make the difference for you. But, at, but as you mentioned earlier as well, in saying that, the changes that um, Andreas Oliveira made made that team a whole lot better as as those changes came in. Shub, of course, being the biggest one, and it seemed to bring life to Domfe, who didn't have a lot of service um, in that first half as well. And they did this without Harry Evans on the team as well for Inglewood. So it's 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 a little it's a little interesting to like see what they can kind of take out of this game because the fun fact right now is they are currently 11th place, but they're also three points off top. Yeah, what so, a league! So yeah, so all they need to do is win one game at the moment. I, I think that from Sorrento's perspective, the big issue they had in the game was they when they were on top, they were moving the ball forward, they were getting to the edge of the area, but they didn't create a lot inside the area itself. Aside from the goal that they scored, Gustavo Marilanda had a good chance where he got behind the defence and mm. sort of hit it straight at Alex Dunn in the first half. Alex Dunn had four or five saves to make in the first half, but. They're all from outside the area, and I think he made a couple of the second half also from outside the area. So they just really struggled to penetrate into the 18-yard box. And part of that is maybe, you know, the inexperience that they had up front versus, uh, you know, some of the players that might be playing there. Otherwise, Gustavo Marilanda had to drop a little bit deeper as well. He was playing more of a 10 yeah. uh, as well. So they, they didn't necessarily have, you know, the, the big, strong focal point that, that they've had in previous games. Um the interesting thing from Sorrento's perspective will be as they get those players back from injury, you know, that you expect them to get stronger players like Tim Hill. Uh, and, and you know, Tim Tim is pretty confident that they're going to improve as the season goes on. I think the... Uh, they, the were pretty in, is, they were pretty injury riddled in the preseason as well. And so yeah. you've got players who probably a little bit undercooked come preseason, undercooked at the start of the season. And that's when you kind of pick up those little tiny twangs. Obviously, Scott Wishka coming back on the pitch as well. And a couple of times you saw him bent over there kind of gasping for air. And that's not typically Scott's kind of game because he's really, really fit typically. So that's another point that you're going to make in that side. Yeah, well, I think that they are an interesting team from the perspective of the transfer window as well. You know, that there's clearly some areas where they could probably add a bit of depth, particularly in the attacking area of the pitch. Um, with Steve McGarry uh, and, and his uh, his personality and his reputation in the game, he's maybe the sort of guy that will be able to pull a couple of big signings that can help them improve in that area when the transfer window comes around. All right, look, we're going to go around the grounds. And as I mentioned earlier, we did have something from Sean Fry. So we're going to play you a quick little snippet. Um, and an interview that Sean has presented. And uh, we'll get back to you after this. So the next voice you should be hearing will either be Sean or someone Sean is talking to, and we'll get back to you in a second. Well, 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 boys, it's me. After just watching Olympic Kingsway 
decimate Perth Soccer Club five goals to nil and the visitors just didn't turn up today. Honestly, uh, we've seen Kingsway put in these performances all season and not find the back of the net and today everything just seemed to work for them. Got a bit of the rub of the green for the second. It looked like Joe Hobson, who started in place of Kieran Byrne today up front, uh, looked like he might have handled there in the build-up but uh, the ball came to ground. Radnich came charging out, gave away a penalty uh, after Liam Murray scored the opener, which, to be fair, the Perth goalkeeper probably would want back again. Got a couple of good hands to it. Couldn't keep it out. Uh, Hobson fired in from the spot, and then the third was added just before halftime. Oscar Barry cutting in. Ken Hill added another from a corner in the second half, and Liam Murray completed the route after Michael Zimmerino came on and did a bit of mazy dribbling and set up the... The big man, he was really impressive today. Liam Murray, he was uh, all over the place. Gave Zaid Farah an absolute torrid time uh, down Kingsway's left. And the usual suspects, Tyler Garner's just magic on the ball. And uh, Perth uh, were just not their usual solid defensive selves. They were a bit of a shambles, honestly. And the more goals went in, the more shambolic it became. And there were just openings everywhere. They could have been six, seven, eight even. And it wouldn't have been unfair. Uh, failed to create too much themselves. There's not really much else to say about it, guys. I'll um, let you get back to chatting about all the other games after I try and find someone to have a quick chat with. Well, Sean Fry here for the Perth Football Podcast full-time whistle after the full-time whistle here at Olympic Kingsway, which saw the host run out 5-0 winners. Now, here with Callum O'Connell, uh, goals have been pretty hard to come by all season. And now you've got five in, in one match. Uh, just a quick word on you about the performance today. Something else. Yeah, it was. Um, just, I think we've had a few weeks where I think we've been in games and we just haven't taken our chances. And today we took every single one. And we probably could have taken another four or five. Um, defensively, we were sound all day. And uh, that really helps. You know, uh, we just look dangerous. And I think it makes a big difference when you, you take your chances on the day. Uh, absolutely. And I, I noticed coming into this one, it was top versus bottom but it was the two teams with the worst attacking record in the league. Both of you had only six goals in the first five rounds. The big difference was Perth had only conceded four. They had the best defensive record until uh, you and the boys ruined it, obviously, today. But that was the big difference. What was it defensively that was so much better today than, than that's been there in the first few weeks? Uh, look, we had some choice words on Thursday night. Um, yeah. And I think just to clear the air, um, well, I think defensively as a whole team, we needed to be a lot better. Um, but, you know, we stood up to the challenge from Tuffy today and, and that was a clean sheet. Um, and, yeah, we, we just we knew if we were really solid at the back, we've got the firepower up front to score goals and, and we took the chances today. And that's I think that was the difference. And, you know, I think we were probably a little bit too nice to not score a few more today. Um, yeah. Yep. A couple of one-on-ones that possibly could have been, could have been taken. Yep. Uh, I mean, where, where, where do you go from here? Obviously, you want to keep on the front foot. Uh, you haven't wasted all the goals today, have you? There's still more to come in the next coming weeks? Yeah, definitely. I think we needed just a game like this. Um, we had a tough game last week against Bayswater. But we needed a game like this to score a lot of goals and, and get a clean sheet. And I think this will help us moving forward. Um, there's still some tough games to come, but just want that confidence boost to um, go into next week. And, you know, in the change room now, we're, you know, we're buzzing and we're, we're excited for the next game. So, yeah, just... One, foot, one game at a time, as they say. Yeah, that's it, mate. All right, we wouldn't be a post-match interview without that little yeah, exactly. uh, cliche, would exactly. it? But uh, congratulations, mate. Performance today was fantastic. And Cheers, mate. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers Back to you, boys. Thank you so much, Sean, and thank you so much, Callum. Josh, 5-0. <laughs>
bottom versus top, and it ends 5-0. Did you see that one coming? Because I, I certainly tipped tip Kingsway to win. That, that, was, that was the other one I sat on the fence with. I think I tipped that as a draw. Congratulations on tipping Kingsway to win. Did you? I did. You did? I did. Well done. But let's not make it about was, us. Was that, was that with your head or with your heart? That, that was just a, to zag when other people zig. But yeah, mate, it's, it's just a comment on this league and, and how tough it is to, one, make predictions, but also how good these teams are. Because we've always mentioned the fact that Kingsway, as I've said, are probably the best team between the two boxes. And the day that they become really efficient, in their box and in the opposition's box is the day that you end up having this team that are going to be an absolute juggernaut. And from from having that conversation with Sean, it kind of seems that that was the case because you don't just play the team who previously had the best defense in the league and put five past them. Yeah, I, I think that they've run into the issue where they were a high possession team and they've had the players where playing against Division One defenses just having high possession uh, has given mistakes. them yeah has given them enough of the ball that they can create opportunities, break teams down, score goals. Playing against elite defenses in a high standard of competition, there's a bit of added complexity and a bit more intelligence and creativity that needs to go behind opening them up and getting opportunities. And I think that's something that they've struggled with in previous games. They couldn't break down Floriot. Uh, they couldn't break down Balcata. Uh, they couldn't break down Coburn, who just shipped five goals today. But um, with uh, with Perth, it's the whole other side of the coin. You know, have they flattered to deceive so far this year? Yeah. Is, is the hard-nosed defensive unit we've seen from Perth so far this year, is that something they're going to be able to, to keep up throughout the year? Or is this going to be a blip from them uh, on, on an otherwise more cruisy road. Well, interestingly enough for Perth, that's now 10 goals conceded in the last two games. Oh, when you, yeah, so when five, you added... five, two games in a row <laughs> yeah. against against uh, Fremantle, who are in Division 1, and Kingsway, who are newly promoted. Oh, man, what a league. Well, look, w- w- it'll be really difficult to comment on that. We'll probably need to go watch the highlights ourselves, which actually scratched that. Stream it wasn't working, so it's really hard to I, watch I, those highlights. Yeah, I think they're, they're, maybe they're on the Twitter on the Twitter account. I think the highlights may have still come through. Oh, awesome. We'll go have a look so, and so see if we can, can find them. If yeah. we can find it, we'll, we'll check out all the goals we can before the, the main pod comes out. Yeah, we'll absolutely do that. What we can do right now, and an also uh, really cool feature that we've got, was Tommy Dolman was down at Floriot for the Floriot Armadale game, um, and he had this to say. Hi everyone, Tommy here. Just got home after watching Florida Athena nil Armadale Soccer Club 3 at E&D Leaders Stadium. Armadale winning at Florida for a second straight season. They were the only team to inflict defeat on the champions last season at their home ground in the league. And they've only gone and done it again in season 2023. And truth be told, it was a deserved win for the Army at the home of the holders, the visitors' intensity was really good from the start. I thought they were in the faces of Floriot and made it really difficult for the hosts to get into any sort of rhythm, particularly early on in the piece. And as a result, it brings a run of three games in all competitions without a win to an end. Angel Andres Diaz had a couple of really good chances early on in his first senior start for the club, but it was two goals in three first half minutes for Armadale, which really set the platform for this win today. Tim Berger was involved in both of them. The first one, he beat Philip Minich and Jason Saldaris to a loose ball in the penalty area before lifting over the goalkeeper and into a vacant net. The second one wasn't as clear cut as he leaped with Saldaris 
for a long cross sent in by Amir Ayar. Not sure if the striker got a touch or not, but we'll see who's credited with that one. So 2-0 at the break. And there was no sign, really, of Armadale letting up in the second half. They were the better team after the restart as well, although Floriot nearly did get back into the game when substitute Chris Saldaris headed into the back of the net. The offside flag from the referee's assistant did deny them that opportunity to get back into the contest, though. And in the end, Armadale would find a third when Chris Jackson snuck in behind Floriot's defence and hooked a strike towards goal with Chad Samuels on the line, forcing it in and making sure it definitely crossed the line. We'll leave it up to those two to find out who's claiming that one in the dressing room later on. But a good day for Armadale overall. They go to fourth in the league, having started the day in ninth. Floriot started in second spot today, and they dropped to six. However, both teams are locked on nine points and are only one point off the top of the league after Perth's defeat today. And after the game, I caught up with Armadale head coach John O'Reilly to get his thoughts on the impressive performance. Uh, Tommy Dolman here at E&D Leader Stadium with Armadale head coach John O'Reilly after a full-time score of Florida Athena nil, Armadale 3. John, you must have been really pleased with that performance today after a couple of defeats in the league and then going out in the cup. Just uh, tell me about the response. Um, sorry, how proud you are of the response from the boys. Yeah, I was thoroughly thrilled today. Um, the way the boys um, have bounced back after the... You know, we've had some tough tough games in the last couple of weeks where we've probably let ourselves down a bit. Um, this week we had a bit of soul-searching and we... we um, shook things up at training and uh, yeah they've responded uh, magnificently and come out today and actually more importantly than the result they put in the performance and if you get the right performance you get the result as a byproduct. What was the key to success today John the boys came out with a real intensity I thought was that the sort of foundation that you were really wanting to drill in during the week at training to come out hard to get at the home of the champions? Yeah, definitely. It's about just being solid um, as individuals, but also as a team. Um, we had to shore up some areas on the part that we've been a little bit um, lacking lately. Um, in all fairness, we, we've had a lot of injuries this week. Um, out on the park today, we had Angel Jr. making his debut for us, a starting position. We had two, two defenders playing in holding midfield. Um, we had to make a lot of changes this week, and so that was a real old-fashioned Armadale um, effort out there today. Everybody left nothing in, nothing on the field, and they've, they've come into the change room absolutely empty so I can't ask for any more from the lads I'm pleased to get the clean sheet as well I think you're the equal joint top scorers in the league but you've let in a couple of goals in the last fortnight obviously six at home to Red Star and, and four in the cup last week so the clean sheet must be something you're hoping you can really build on yeah definitely I come from a defensive background as a player so I've been absolutely gutted with the amount of goals we've been letting in so today you know getting that clean sheet for myself and especially for the boys the back three and, and, and the midfield there to put in absolute hard yards it's, it's a fantastic Fantastic to see them come away with that that um, under their belt as well. Definitely one goal for Tim Berger today, the first one. Not sure who got the final touch on that second, but I'm sure as a good striker would he's claiming that one. Um, how's he settling in? Because he's just adding that extra. He's adding a different dimension up front for you, along with Jacko, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Tim's been fantastic joining the group. Um, he's a real, real team player. He loves getting involved in, in everything that's happening at the club. He's, he's also doing some coaching down with the juniors. So to see him producing out on the pitch and, and really gelling with the boys now, it's, it's, it's great to see. Great for him and um, great for the club. And you were ninth at the start of the weekend. You're up in fourth and you're one point off top. It's a funny old league, this, isn't it? How are you sort of trying to gauge where everyone's at at the moment? Mate, it's not even halfway yet. I don't, don't even have to worry. Wait, we won one game at the start of the season. We were top of the ladder and everyone was going crazy. So, look, we're six games in now and fourth. So anything can happen week to week in this league this year. So we're not going to put too much emphasis on that. Um, we're going we're gonna to be boring and say we're going to take it week to week. And uh, hopefully we keep doing the business. 
Nice one, John. Thank you. Back to you, Sean or Kalichi or Josh or whoever's hosting this thing tonight. So, Josh, Floriet zero, Armadale three. Goodness gracious me. <laughs> what, 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 what do you make of that? Uh, I, I don't think... Uh, well, I, I don't know if, how, how many of us had Armadale picked for that one, but it, it says a lot about their Jekyll and Hyde nature this year, doesn't it? That they could ship six goals one week and then go to the defending champions away from home and put three past them another week. And uh, it speaks to some of the wobbles that we might expect from Floriot, given that, you know, one of the things we figured with them, their starting lineup is brilliant. They've got some of the best players in the league. They've got so much experience, but I think there was a big question mark hanging over their depth through the middle of last year where they had that tip in form where they had a lot of injuries, McManus being out, Petkoff being out. Uh, and I think that's still the question mark over them and whether they can go back to back in the league is do they have the depth to go the distance in what is uh, a marathon and not a sprint? Well, like, I, I, I get that and I could probably see that going further down the line, but this is one of the first games where they had a lot of players back right like you go and you look at that team lineup that they had and it's not like they were missing a whole bunch of players right so they Noah played Bailey played McManus played Ambrosio played Arnold played Palmer played um, that the back four is still the back four I suppose you're just missing Ben Steele from that starting lineup and Chris Saldaris but those two guys are almost almost back so I don't think yeah, but I, th I think I think what's what would be. I still think it's disruption, though. Yeah, no, for sure. But I think what would be concerning from their perspective is that's two league losses in a row back to back, right? And again, you can you can talk about what happened in the league against Perth and, and the situation and circumstances there. But there's that old cliche that good teams don't lose two in a row. Whether you get a point or whatever you need to do, you you, you do not go back to back with the losses. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from this one because that 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 makes next week's game even spicier. And I am nowhere near as prepared as I need to be to know which game it is that they play <laughs> next week. But you watch how I do this filler and see who we can get them to play. And look, they play Basildon next week, so. That are interesting to see what they do there because you don't want to go losing three in a row and now you're having a hard time. And again, this game that they played last year at the same time they played Bayswater away from home was the game that they lost 5-0. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, from their perspective. But I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. And like John said, they won one game one week and all of a sudden they were top. They now won, you know, lost the next game and now, you know, no, and no one thinks that they're good again. It's still very, very early in the league and it's what? Three, four points separating last from first. Man, and, and and you look at the ladder because I've just popped that open now because I think I think people need to hear this whole thing. Obviously, the Sterling Bayswater game hasn't been played yet, but we've currently got Perth, Perth, and Perth in one, two, and three. We've got Perth Red Star, uh, Perth Glory, Perth Soccer Club. They're all on ten points. Perth Glory is quite outrageous uh, goals for goals against ratio of eighteen to seventeen. Good God. Those games have been absolutely mental. Uh, Armadale, Sterling, Floriot, Valcada, Coburn on nine. That takes us down to eighth place or within one point. Bayswater before tonight's late game. They're on seven. Sorrento on seven. Inglewood on seven. Reminder, Inglewood, Sorrento and Bayswater are equal ninth or equal 11th, no matter uh, whichever way you take it. And they're all a game from top. And we and, were and talking about Bayswater like they were hot garbage a couple weeks ago. I, I think we were talking about Bayswater like they were dead a couple weeks ago. Not, not even garbage. Like, we, we, we were at the funeral go, a couple weeks ago. Could they go top? It'd have to be a huge they, goal swing, but yeah, they could go top. They could go top if they won by like 11 or something. Eight. 
eight. <laughs> no, 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 no. They need to win by. Uh, they need to win by eleven. Okay, eleven goals. I but know, still, I don't think but that's they could. Happening. They could. Still, are good at the back. They could, go, they could go in the top four. <laughs> they could. They, they could the, go top. They curtain. could go top four. They could go top four. They, uh, I mean, Kingsway are in last place on six points, and they've got an even goal difference, and they're three points off a of fifth. Crazy, crazy. This this league is uh, unpredictable, untippable, as we've already found out. But yeah, the uh, other game that happened was Perth Glory Youth 5, Coburn City 4. Another red card. And another red card. Your naughty boy prediction is happening and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, look, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for the full-time whistle. You're not going to hear anything about the... Sterling and Bayswater. Sterling and Bayswater game because we're going to be going to that. Well, I'll be going to that right now because I'm a sadder without a life. But we'll talk about that more on the Perth Football Podcast flagship show on the Monday. But I suspect that game will be dominated by the absolute block the treat that is going to be NTC and Perth SC. The only thing that is sad about that game is no Cusford no, uh, and no Ischia Brooking because they're playing for the Junior Matildas. Uh, they're not just playing for the Junior Matildas. They are tearing, they're tearing up yeah. the Junior Matildas. Yeah, Brookings got a cracking goal. If you if you haven't had a chance to see it, go to the South Perth Futsal page on Instagram and or Facebook, and you see her score her international debut. Um, or saw her international debut goal, and it's terrific. It's so good to see, and we're delighted for her. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed I won't be able to get to that game because they were um, they were barnstormers last year, the Football Friends derby between uh, Ben Anderson's Anderton's NTC and Peter Rakic's Perth Soccer Club. And uh, I think that game is going to give us a real sense of how the uh, women's NPL season is going to shape up. Look, I made, I, made the, I made the lyrics from the song that they may be young, but they're ready. And I think that that might be the NTC this year, the way that they're playing. Um, Cassidy's been terrific. Um, Anderson at the back has also been terrific. And I think that they just have a little bit more edge. But yeah. We're looking forward to seeing the NTC and the Perth game. And thank you all so much. Any final words for you, Josh? Josh, look into the future. People won't be able to know. Well, people will know what the final score is. But what's the final score between West Ham and um, Crystal Palace tonight? I am potentially being overly bullish here, but I'm going for a 2-0 West Ham win. I think we've turned a bit of a corner since that Arsenal game. I'm going for a 1-1 draw. Guys, take care. Thanks for listening to Full Time Whistle, and we will see you soon. Toodaloo. See you later.